They were good together, as well-matched as the hand-painted tile backsplash was to the Brazilian granite countertop. Jin was one of the most respected pathologists on staff at the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office, and Clay was one of the youngest partners at a leading Chicago law firm. Each had the respect of their colleagues, the admiration of their peers, and more disposable income than time to spend it. Clay was striking in a hard-planed Nordic way, with piercing blue eyes and blonde hair, in contrast to Jin's dark brown hair and green eyes, and he had a good five inches on her lean, toned, five-foot-eight frame. They both enjoyed the extensive collection at the Art Institute, and in the eight months they'd been dating, they'd attended the symphony, the opera, three Cubs games, and a handful of charity events that required Clay to put on a tux and Jin to spend her lunch hour shopping for gowns. Despite being the daughter of a former debutante and the great-granddaughter of a steel baron, Jin had grown up believing she was ordinary to a fault. Boring, even. She never imagined that she would end up with someone like Clay. Everything looks delicious, she said, as they sat down to dinner. You deserve to relax after the day you had. Clay raised his glass in a toast. In addition to being articulate and ambitious, Clay was unfailingly considerate. He invited her to dinner at least once a week, knowing she kept almost nothing in the refrigerator in her apartment, which was in a considerably less swanky neighborhood in Hyde Park, ten miles to the south. She spent many more nights at Clay's place than he did at hers. It wasn't just nicer. It was also fully furnished, something that Jin had never managed to get around to since trading her studio apartment for a larger unit the year she finished her fellowship and the Cook County Medical Examiner's office offered her a job. Tonight, however, despite the beautiful meal and the good wine and Clay's attempts to draw her out, she was having trouble keeping up her end of the conversation. She had fully intended to tell him about the phone call from Jake, but now she was having trouble finding the words. There was simply too much that she had never shared with him. Clay set down his glass and gave her a quizzical look. I was going to say, here's to the weekend, he said, but you look like your mind's still back at work. I'm sorry, Jin said, raising her own glass and taking a sip. She managed to smile. Everything looks fantastic. You know I enjoy cooking with you. She speared a bit of the fish and put it in her mouth, chewing mechanically. It was good. And yet it was all she could do to swallow and put down her fork. Tough case, Clay said. Want to talk about it? Yes. Actually, I might have to go in over the weekend. Even as she silently scolded herself for her cowardice, Jin scrambled for an excuse, calling up one of her tougher cases from a few years back. A newborn infant came in with burns over 80% of her body. They've arrested the mother. Oh, wow. Sorry. Jin froze, her fork halfway to her lips as it sunk in. Had she just lied to Clay? It was the first time, and to her a serious breach. Jin had been unfailingly honest since adolescence, and other than occasionally stretching the truth to ease social interactions, her few transgressions had been lies of omission. Yes, she stammered. I mean, I... Her phone buzzed again in her handbag. The ringtone was the one she'd assigned to her mother, the trilling first measures of a Mozart flute concerto. I'd better get that, Jin apologized, folding her napkin and setting it on the table next to her plate. She didn't meet Clay's gaze as she reached for her bag. She didn't want to see the kindness and concern in his eyes.
Hi, Mom, she said, as she walked down the hallway, her stocking feet silent on the polished wooden floors. Give me just a second, okay? Clay's office was located in the back of the townhouse's ground floor. She let herself in and shut the door behind her, curling up in his leather desk chair. All right, I'm here. Virginia, I hate to have to tell you this, especially over the phone. Your sister's body has been found. Lily. Seconds ticked by as images of her little sister, who would never be older than sixteen, crowded Jin's mind. All that unruly, sun-streaked hair, the ragged hand-woven bracelets she wore on her wrists and ankles, the doodled tattoos she inked on the insides of her wrists at school when she was bored, glitter shoelaces in her Converse sneakers, a pale scar on the inside of her calf from when she tried to shave her legs at the age of eight with her father's razor.